You're so faithful. We bless and adore you for your love for us, for your kindness and your goodness. You are so faithful and we love you. We ask that this morning you flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your son Jesus. We ask that your word will enlighten our souls and bring us direction. Open up our hearts to receive from you, Jesus. Fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we walk worthy of you unto all pleasing, bearing fruits unto every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We thank you and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, please be seated. We're supposed to be uh, continuing with our series on what we call the 10 questions to diagnose your spiritual health. But whilst I was preparing, the Holy Spirit began to um, take over my time of study and began to instruct me to break a little on that series and then um, teach you something on prayer that will help you and guide you. So hopefully from next week we should be able to continue with that teaching. So quickly this morning I want to teach you on prayer and God's direction. Prayer and God's direction. You will be so blessed this morning. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Thank you. Prayer and God's direction. Now we need to ask a very important question. That question is, why do we pray? What are the reasons why we pray? Some few points that you can put down as we proceed. One key reason to prayer is because God commanded us to pray. Why do we pray? The number one key reason why we pray is that God commanded us to do so. In Romans chapter 12, the verse 12, Bible gives us a command on prayer. Romans chapter 12, the verse 12. Now the Bible says rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Now, in Colossians chapter 4, the verse 2, the Bible says, continue in prayer. I love it. And watch in the same with thanksgiving. That's an instruction. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the verse 17, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. Hallelujah. So, number one reason why we pray is because God commands us to pray. 
The second reason why a believer must pray is because our battles are spiritual. Very interesting. Our battles are spiritual. We need to understand that though we see each other or see life from the perspective of uh, the physical, life is beyond physical. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 from the verse 10 to 14, the Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against rulers of darkness of this age, against powers and against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. So we get to understand that our battle is not against human flesh. There is a spiritual battle that is going on and the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, the verse 3, it says, though we are in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not man-made or canal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So the second reason why we pray is because our battle is not physical. Our battles are spiritual. And unfortunately, we don't have the wisdom. We don't have the strength. We don't have the ability. We don't have the capability to fight these battles with our resources. So anytime we pray, we tap into God's strength. We tap into God's wisdom. We tap into God's ability to be able to fight against the battles that are bigger than us. Hallelujah. The third reason why we must pray is because prayer strengthens our relationship with God. Prayer strengthens our relationship with God. Any believer who wants to bond in his walk with God must learn the habit of praying. When you cultivate the habit of praying, or if prayer becomes a, a dominant feature in your life as a Christian, very soon hearing the voice of God will not be a challenge. And you'll be able to know. I've heard Christians say, Man of God, uh, number one, I want to hear the voice of God. Number two, man of God, I, I want to recognize if God is really speaking to me because it seems I have many voices that uh, I keep hearing, I want to know whether it's truly the voice of God. Now, you have that challenge when you don't have a prayer life. Let me tell you something. Anytime you cultivate the habit of prayer, what happens is that your relationship with God is strengthened. It grows. Today, my wife cannot play a prank on me by changing her voice. Because I'll catch her. She has tried that several times with different lines just to play a, a prank on me. And she'll change her voice, trying to trick me. And I'll just be laughing. You know why? I've communicated so much with, with her that I can recognize and identify her voice. So even if she changes her voice, I know her voice. And that is birthed out of relationship. That has been engaged. The more you spend time in prayer, the more recognizable God vo God's voice becomes. The more easy it is to identify the voice of God. The voice of God is not something that is uh, given to prophets or to pastors, but to every believer who has the spirit of God. 
And that is how come every believer must have a prayer life. When I say a prayer life, I mean a daily consistent devotional life of fellowship with God. The fourth reason why every believer must pray is because prayer is linked and is mutually inclusive with almost every Christian virtue. Fourth reason why we must pray is because prayer is mutually inclusive or linked with almost every vital Christian virtue or truth. So what we are trying to say is that every Christian virtue every Christian virtue or truth is linked with prayer. In other words, every Christian virtue or truth is powered by prayer. Prayer is what engineers those virtues. Prayer, you know, love without prayer will not last. Mention any Christian truth or virtue in the life of a Christian and then you'll find out soon that it is linked with prayer. I'll give you some a few examples. Virtues like faith. Faith is linked with prayer. And we need to understand that the more a believer prays, the more his faith is strengthened. The Bible tells us that faith cometh by hearing and by the hearing of the word of God. But actually, faith grows by prayer. So faith comes by the word of God, but faith is strengthening and grows in prayer. The Bible says in Jude 20 or Jude 1 20, the Bible says, Beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. So your most holy faith is built up, is strengthened by praying. So when we talk of faith, we find out that faith is linked with prayer. Meaning a believer who has a consistent protracted prayer life is a believer that will walk in faith. Remember in Luke chapter 22, the verse 31 and 32, the Bible says, Simon, Simon, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. The next verse says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith faileth not. Meaning the antidote to not having your faith failing is prayer. If you are a believer who doesn't have a prayer life, your faith will soon fail and fade. Hallelujah. Another virtue that is hinged on prayer is angels. Go and check the truth about angels. Activities of angels increase in an environment of prayer. Angels are seriously linked with prayer. I said at a time that if prayer can destroy and frustrate the activity of demons, that means prayer can facilitate the activity of angels. I repeat myself again. If prayer can frustrate the activity of demons, equally, prayer can facilitate the work or activity of angels. Hallelujah. So, uh, when you read scriptures carefully, you, you will realize that anywhere there's prayer, angels are moving. 
anywhere that there's prayer angels are actively working in other words angels don't operate in a prayerless environment we give some examples the bible tells us that james was arrested and the church were thinking that because james was a was one of the great apostles uh, he should be able to find himself uh, a way of delivering himself or god himself was going to do something because he was a great apostle before they realized james was beheaded and they arrested peter also then the bible says in uh, acts chapter 12 from the verse 5 the bible says the church began to pray without ceasing now if you read carefully from the verse 6 after the church began to pray come to the verse 7 after the church began to pray the bible says behold an angel of the lord so the prayer came the angel came in response to prayer now one great saint said actually it was an angel that fetched peter from prison but actually it was prayer that fetched the angel so there is a link between prayer and angels if you have not seen much of angelic activity in your life it's simply because one of the reasons may be because you don't have a prayer life remember in the, the book of psalm chapter 91 from the verse 1 to the verse 12 you're going to notice the bible tells us that he shall give his angels charge over thee they shall keep thee in all thy ways they shall bear thee up in thy palms lest thou dash thy foot against the stone remember in that verse it begins in verse 1 by saying he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high he shall abide under the shadow of the almighty now this is talking about someone who has a secret place and in luke 6 the bible tells us that secret place is in prayer so the verse 1 tells us he that dwelleth in the secret place the verse 11 says he shall give his angels charge so angels are giving charge over those who give charge in prayer I, I was surprised I saw a verse in the book of Luke chapter um, Luke chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 and I saw that another reason why angels are linked with prayer look the Bible says according to the custom of the uh, priest's office his lord was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord and the Bible says and the whole multitude of the people were what praying without at the what the time of incense if you're a Bible student, you always know that incense in the Bible signifies what? Prayer. So, look at the next verse. It says, and there appeared an angel. At the time of incense, when they were praying, there appeared an angel unto him of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. I don't like that feedback. Please work on it. I don't like it. It's really cutting me and there appeared unto him an angel of the lord standing on the right hand side of what the altar of what incense the altar of incense so we see the link between prayer and angels hallelujah are you following this thing let's see um spiritual warfare in fact, regarding prayer and angels, 
come to Revelation chapter 8, the verse 3 to 5, you, you'll be amazed what you're going to see there. The Bible says, Another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given to him much incense that he stood to offer it with the what? Prayers of the saints. So, you see, angels work with prayer. Angels do what? Work with prayer. So, if you don't pray as a Christian, you give angels no work to do. Am I teaching good here? And look, the Bible says, with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Now look at the next verse. The Bible says, and the smoke of the incense which came with what? The prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. Next verse. And the Bible says, and the angel took the censer, filled it with fire on the altar and cast it to the earth and there was what? Voices, thunderings, lightnings and earthquake. Now this is amazing. The prayer ascended to God as smoke. That answer came down as four things. It came as what? Voice, thunderings, lightnings, and earthquake. That means your prayer does not come back the same when it goes up. You didn't get this thing. So prayer is linked with faith. It's linked with angels. Linked with spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us from uh, Ephesians chapter 6 from the verse 10 to the verse 18. It tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. He begins to mention the armor. He says you should put on the breastplate of righteousness. The belt of truth. The helmet of salvation. The shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. The shield of faith. The sword of the spirit. After mentioning all these weapons and armory, in verse 18, he says, praying always with our prayer. Meaning, dressing in the armor of God without prayer is useless. We're following this thing so even in warfare prayer is linked in spiritual growth prayer is linked in colossians chapter 4 the verse 12 in amplified version the bible speaks of a man called epaphras colossians 4 12 he says epaphras who is one of you what one of yourselves a servant of jesus christ sends you greetings he's always what striving for you earnestly in prayers pleading that you may what be persons of what ripe character and clear conviction stand firm and mature in spiritual growth convinced and fully assured in everything will by god so do we see that the maturity of the saints is linked with prayer Meaning a prayerless Christian is a Christian who will never grow. You will never grow as a Christian if you don't have a prayer life. I don't care how much of the Bible you read. If you don't pray, you won't grow. I'm teaching good here. Temptation is linked with prayer. If you're a believer who wants to deal and overcome temptation, you must have a life of prayer. In Luke chapter 22, the verse 40, Jesus said, watch and pray lest ye enter into temptation. The verse 40, not 14. The verse 40, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. So the antidote against temptation is what? Having a prayer life. Hallelujah. Power, spiritual power is linked with prayer. 
in Isaiah chapter 40 the verse 31 the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength so the renewal of the strength and power and ability of the believer is founded on prayer the most the more prayer you have the more strength you have as a Christian praise God but above all what we're teaching on prayer today prayer is linked with divine direction prayer is linked with divine direction the difference between successful Christians and unsuccessful Christians growing Christians non-growing Christians victorious Christians and non-victorious Christians is divine direction that's what separates the sheep from the men that's what separates serious Christians from unserious Christians if I want to know how serious you are in your work with God I see it by how you are directed on a constant basis in your work with God how often is your life directed as a child of God how often does God lead you and guide you as a child of God I'm teaching you on prayer and divine direction of prayer and God's direction prayer is very much linked with God's direction it's linked with God's will it's linked with God's guidance as a Christian and we need to understand that a prayerless Christian is a spiritually blinded Christian a prayerless Christian is a spiritually blinded Christian you can't see far because prayer makes our vision of God our vision of purpose our vision of Christianity our vision of the Christian life clear prayerlessness makes our vision of God our vision of purpose our vision of the will of God blur please follow this teaching carefully if you don't pray or have a prayer life as a child of God your vision into the spirit realm will always be unclear your life is going to be a life of uncertainty because you'll be walking in spiritual blindness you will find yourself depressed because the Bible says be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God then it says the peace of God so in prayer the first thing we have is not first the answer what we have in prayer is what peace so if you're not experiencing peace you know that serenity that calmness in the midst of troubles you know that that stillness people can discern about your life now it says the peace of God that transcends all understanding that means people will see so much peace upon your life that they can't understand how come you you'll be going through all these challenges and you are still at peace it's divine is divine enjoy the peace of God you're not here with me I said enjoy the peace of God so I wrote this down I said those who don't have a relationship with God via prayer will be more depressed 
disappointed, heartbroken, and will take unwise decisions and eventually ruin their lives. I'm going to repeat that again for the sake of those who didn't hear. Those who don't have a relationship with God via prayer will be more depressed, disappointed, heartbroken, and will take unwise decisions and eventually ruin their lives. There are so many Christians who are destroying their lives. And surprisingly, they don't know that the source of that distraction is first rooted in prayerlessness. In 1 Samuel 12, 23, he says, As for me, I will not see sin against God by ceasing to pray for you. So we get to know that ceasing to pray is sin. And guess what? Prayerlessness is the first sin you commit before other sins are committed. Because it opens the gate. It opens the door for all other sins to come in and ruin your life. If the Bible says the peace of God comes when we pray, the reason why many of you are not walking in peace and I'm going through all kinds of worry, all kinds of depression, anxiety, is simply because you have not learned to carry everything to God in prayer. He says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we go through all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer God keeps telling you this thing countless number of times but you're still not listening to him how how do you want him to help you listen I've been saying this thing there are three groups of believers that God cannot help no matter what happens to you he can't help you he will try he can't number one is Christians who don't pray Number two is Christians who don't give. Number three is Christians who don't obey the word of God. You'll be shocked. God can't do anything about your life. Even if he tries. Can you imagine God is trying? And whatever he's doing is not working. And the angel says, God, you're all powerful. He says, yeah, I'm all powerful, but this girl has limited me. I can't. Oh my goodness. I love the word of God. Now look at some few scriptures on prayer and God's direction. My life, I'm I'm telling you, my life has mostly, predominantly been directed by God. And when I speak of divine direction, I'm not not just talking about uh, direction on who to marry. I'm talking of direction on daily activities. Direction in every aspect of your life. So don't get confused. Now, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Now, when you go home, try meditating on this verse of scripture. Now, the Bible gives us about three conditions to having divine direction. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. The next verse says, in all thy ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Now, I know, I'm sure there's someone here who has this verse to be his favorite scripture, but why is it not working in your life? 
because you are just quoting it you are not living it he first says trust in the Lord with all your heart actually prayer is how we trust God prayer is saying that God I don't trust myself I trust you so anytime we have a prayer life what happens is that we are proving to God that we don't trust ourselves it is lean on on your own lean not on your own understanding how many Christians are doing everything by logic by reasoning by experience I was shocked when I was doing my Bible study I got to know that David was the one who killed Goliath in fact Saul sent him on an errand um, just because he wanted to kill David so he says that okay before you marry my daughter Mika what is going to happen is that I'm, I'm going to let you bring the a uh, uh, hundred false kings of Philistines you know false kings you know the the skin on the um, cocoa you know you know cocoa of a man the cocoa of a man bring hundred of them how hundred soldiers so you have to first kill them one after the other before you can remove it in fact by the time you are removing the first one someone will cut off your head Saul knew David would die and guess what David brought 200 so this guy killed Goliath destroyed Philistines in fact he says by God I ran through a troop and I lived over walls you know what that means David says he, when God came upon him he became so strong that he can leap he can jump a wall and a troop of hundred he would just run through them and bring them all down this is David yet I'm going to show you in scripture that every movie made the Bible says David inquired of the Lord that's an experienced warrior an experienced warrior learn to inquire of God he says lean not on your own understanding i'm sure there are some of you who do things because ah, i heard it worked what if two opportunities come to you and you you check one looks more juicy the other is okay but it's not that juicy now which one will you choose by sensory perception or by god's direction and that's what prayer does for you He says, lean not on your own understanding. Listen, don't take decisions based on logic, reasoning, past victories, experiences. It can be dangerous. Lean not on your own understanding, your own way of getting things done your own way of bulldozing your way through life he says in all your ways not some in in what all thy ways do what acknowledge now the word acknowledge it means to pay special regard or to put god first and surprisingly prayer covers this three anytime you pray you prove you trust god Anytime you pray or you, you build a prayer life, it's a proof that you don't lean on your own understanding. That's the come you're praying. Number three, anytime you pray, what happens is that you are saying that, Lord, I acknowledge you. I have regard for you. I place you above my challenge. I submit myself to your authority. That is acknowledging God in all your ways. 
A beautiful ex uh, example of divine uh, uh, prayer and divine direction is, Lord, I I'm going through the day, Lord. Father, I ask that you keep me, lead me in the way. May I not miss my way throughout the day in the name of Jesus. Cause me to meet the right people today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving me wisdom to be able to take the right decisions in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then you move out. Before you realize, thoughts that you never imagined are going to come through your mind, coming as a source of God's wisdom to guide you. Now, someone will think, okay, man of God, so you're saying this simple thing can bring God down to the day. Yes. That's what I said. Proverbs chapter 14, the verse 2. The verse 12. Proverbs 14, 12. Proverbs 14, 12. 14, 12. The Bible says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now look at that verse. So, there, there could be a way that you may think is right by your own standard, which can bring you a problem. Hallelujah. May you see God's direction. Amen. Psalm 73, the verse 23 and 24. Psalm 73, the verse 23 and 24. Psalm 73, the verse 23 and 24. Now, the Bible says, Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Now, David is saying he's with God constantly, and that could be prayer. I am continually with thee. That means David is saying, I have a consistent life of fellowship with God. Are you following this thing? He says, Thou art holding me by thine hand. So he's saying that in his process of continually being with God, God now holds him by his hand. Now, look at the next thing, number two. He says, Thou shalt what? Guide me with thy counsel. Meaning, that believer who is continually with the Lord will be held by God, and that believer will be what? Guided with God's counsel. Hallelujah. Psalm 32, the verse 6. <laughs> that's one of my favorite verses I've come to love he says for this shall everyone that is godly what? pray that means one of the signs that a man is spiritual is that he has a prayer life in the time look this is scary. In the time when, when thou mayest be found. That means the, there'll be times when you miss in your prayer closet. The day you will need intervention, you won't get it. Pray when the time is available. Do you know there can be a time in your life where you become so discouraged that you don't know how to put words together? That time may not help you. Pray now. When everything, when the sun is shining pray now when thou mayest be found surely in the great in the floods of great waters they shall not come near ye near thee. now give that to me message translation and then you you'll see what it means to have a prayer life he says these things add up every one of us needs to pray when all hell breaks loose and the dam bursts you know a dam it bursts 
we will be on higher ground untouched beloved prayer puts you on higher ground and makes you what untouched this verse blessed me tell someone higher grounds glory to God now come back to KJV version and give me the verse 7 now look thou art my hiding place and thou shalt preserve me from what trouble now now he's telling you that number one prayer brings protection because he places you on higher grounds when all hell breaks loose so prayer brings protection over a man he says thou art my hiding place and thou shalt preserve me from trouble so prayer also brings what preservation then he says thou shalt compass me about with the songs of deliverance that means prayer brings great victories of deliverance and look at the next one the verse 8 that's where the issue is now we're going to read it loudly okay one two let's go i will and teach thee in a way he says i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go in case you were doing timi timi nyamale with the bible and you just opened and you started reading the verse eight you'll be happy and say wow i will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which i shall go and you'll guide me with your eye god thank you don't thank him yet you have to read the verse six for this reason they that are godly pray then he says those who are godly and have that life of prayer will have guidance from god back to the verse eight he says he will instruct thee number one he will teach thee in the way which thou should go and guess what he's going to guide you with his eye listen this teaching will never make sense to you until you decide to build a prayer life you don't need to start with one hour you can start with 20 minutes you will see god bring clarity direction counsel to your life in so many divine ways that you can't explain suddenly a, a, a route you have been using suddenly suddenly you just didn't sense like using that route again suddenly thought a thought just dropped into your spirit man send your cv here you didn't you didn't think of doing it send your cv here then you send your cv boom you had a job i'm teaching well now look at jeremiah chapter 33 the verse 3 jeremiah 333 that's the phone call of heaven he says, call unto me and I will answer. So, prayer brings answer. That is number one. But there is another additional benefit of prayer. He says, I will show thee. So, prayer also brings revelation. Great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And it falls under the category of God's direction. He will show you things that you don't know. Have you been to Kumasi before? 
Okay, that's very powerful. Have you been to India before? You've not been to India before. So that means that the moment you enter India, you're going to be a total stranger. You don't know the name of the place, at least. I know Hyderabad. I know um, 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 Delhi. Um, I know... Okay, I forgot. It's been a long time I went there. So, when they take you to the place and they tell you, go to the church auditorium. And they mention the name of the church auditorium. You are in India. But how do I go there? What takes you there? Direction! The good news is that... <laughs> God does not know India. India is in him. So showing you places in India will not be a problem to God. So I'm going to go a, a, bit, a bit of my ahead of myself because I love it. Prayer makes God the believer's Google map. Prayer makes God the believer's Google map. Isaiah chapter 30, the verse 21. Isaiah 30, the verse 21. Uh, I love the word of God. Oh, I love the word. I love the word. Thank you, Jesus. He says, Thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. That's divine direction. May God give you direction this year. Amen. You see, unfortunately, this thing is not an amen. I just wanted you to be happy. But this thing is not an amen. You can say amen, nothing happy. <laughs> Now, so just to demystify this whole thing about God's direction, because I'm sure some of you, this thing is a whole mystery. God's direction, my God, what is God's direction? Even my own direction, I don't know. So, how does God give directions to believers? I'm going to give you about seven of them. Number one, He gives you direction by giving you instructions. God can sometimes use instructions to direct you. Number two, divine wisdom divine wisdom number three spiritual knowledge or intuition spiritual knowledge or intuition number four leadings got to do that fast i don't have time at all number five impressions it just dawns on you it impresses upon your heart to do something number four warnings he uses warnings to give us direction. You just feel uncomfortable. Signals. Sometimes it can come through preaching. Do you know sometimes a preacher can be preaching and you, you are hearing that God warning you? Do you know that? Yeah. It's a form of direction. Because as he warns you and you desist, what happens is that he has directed you. Next one is desires. All of a sudden, your desires have gone to... You are just desiring to do something. Of course, that desire must be godly. Finally, counsel. Counsel. 
and you need to understand that all these things I just mentioned they are sometimes in fact most times they don't make sense they don't make sense sometimes you feel disgraced when you move in divine direction now something probably I don't want to forget in the old people were led outside in in the new we are led inside out what I mean by that is that most of the time in the old testament an angel will appear and talk to them so it was outside communicated inside so angels will will lead a person by saying uh, when it came to mary and joseph the, the angel said don't don't stay here they'll kill you move to this place that was divine direction but it was from outside in so people heard the voice of god from outside in so most, mostly it was an audible voice of God. Are you following this thing? So it was outside in. In the New Testament, we have something bigger. In as much as there are times God can speak from outside in by audible voices and all that. Most of the time in the New Testament, the reason, okay, let me say this. In the Old Testament, because men were spiritually dead, God's only medium of communication was outside in. Because your spirit is dead separated from God so if God wants to speak he can resonate from your heart are you following this thing so God had to communicate through an angel or say it audibly then they hear it then they do it are you getting this thing in the new what happens is that we are quickened from spiritual death and we have new life so our spirit man is alive so now the Bible tells us that God is spirit we are spirit and God lives in our spirit through the Holy Ghost. So now God leads us from the inside to the outside. He uses the witness of the Spirit. It's an inner witness. And if you have not developed this life, this teaching will be a mystery to you. God leads us on the inside. Sometimes you will just know. You can't explain how you know. But you know. There are sometimes you will just hear from the inside. It doesn't come as an audible voice. But you just hear. How many have heard something from God? Before. Probably everyone here has heard. But you see, because you can identify, you can show it. You can't, you don't have proof. There's sometimes you see it in the spirit, sometimes you see it in a dream. Am I teaching well? So let me give you some few practical examples. There's a man in the Bible called Eliezer who was a servant from Abraham. Abraham sent him to go and look for a bride for Isaac. And this guy did something spiritual. He prayed for direction. In Genesis chapter 24, the verse 12, when he got there, he didn't rush to go and do anything. He prayed for direction. Listen, I can tell you, if the believer is not guided by God, eh, your life, you'll be, you'll be using long cuts. Your life will be long. You waste too much time. 
You imagine uh, the, your master sent you to go and look for a bride. You just can't go and say, Hey, Abba! Over your bad time, can you do that? So the question is, what if you bring the woman? Maybe the taste of Eliezer is that he loves fair women. And then he was sent by Abraham to go and bring a bride to Isaac. What if he uses he uses his own preference to choose the lady and brings the lady to Isaac? And Isaac said, about four men or the number. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, what if this guy was just led by, okay, this is fine, according to my eyes. Jump over the, the camera, let's move. Myself, I don't even have time. My brain, I'm in the But this guy did something spiritual. <laughs> Look, and he said, Oh Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee. Send me good speed. Oh my goodness. May God give you good speed in this year. The guy prayed it. Send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Next verse. He says, Behold, I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water. Next verse. Let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down the pitcher. I pray thee that I may drink. She shall say, drink. And I'll give that camel's drink also. And let the same be that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. And thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness to my master. Now, he did not choose according to his preference. He made God choose according to God's preference. Since God knows the preference of Isaac. And guess what? He picked the Bible says when Isaac saw her from afar, his heart leaped. There was a point, I think either Isaac or Jacob, he kissed her and he started weeping. Kissed her and was weeping. How can you kiss a lady and then you are, you are weeping? That means she's correct. Be be running just like that as an adrenaline. <laughs> oh, don't <I> dare! <laughs> you know, if you are not following me, boy, you understand. Hey! I said, kiss this lady. And he started weeping. He's weeping. May you weep when you find your love. <laughs> if if you have never weeped before, you are not in love. And the pastor, have, did you cry ever before when we were dating Mama Lee several times? <laughs> and I'm not ashamed of my testimony. <laughs> hey. I'm teaching good here. <laughs> that means the choice was so correct that well, see, the lady had not come. He fell in love from afar. Oh, my goodness. Divine direction is sweet. Oh. 
may God guide your life. See, most of the mistakes a lot of Christians are committing today is as a result of lack of direction in your life. I remember one time before I woke up, I had a dream. In the dream, I was driving at the top speed because I love speeding. And the time burst. God was moving like that. Then I woke up. Then I knew that that day something's going to happen to my tie. So that time I was going slow. Go slow. And guess what? That very day, that same part of the tie that got best, got best. What if I was speeding? There is something about divine direction. It makes your life on point. I'm teaching good though. Joshua is the second example of divine direction. Anytime Joshua was about to go for a battle, they go and inquire from God. Ah, they, ah, ah, ah something has dropped here. Ah, can, do you want to hear it? Yes, <laughs> do you want to hear it? No, you don't look like you want to hear it. That thing dropped, boom, just like that. Listen, listen. When Joshua was going to fight Jericho, Jericho had different nations that came together to fight against Israel. Under normal circumstance, if Joshua leaned on his own understanding, he would have sought for more weapons or more men. But actually, when you are led by God, you don't need more weapons or more men. You need strategy. Joshua had divine strategy. He did not have more weapons. He did not have more men. The same men, same weapons, but divine strategy brought them victory. Listen, sometimes God's direction will come to you as a strategy on how to do your business. It may not make sense to the normal business, but actually that's the secret to your breakthrough in business. You want to bring down a wall? You bring caterpillar. But by divine direction, God says, go around and shout. I'm sure Jericho will be saying, these guys, are they okay? You want to come and fight us? Look at what you guys are. Crazy guys, man. They were going around in silence. Seven days. Nobody was talking. And someone was peeping on the wall. Ah, look. Somalia for. Going around on the seventh time, they began screaming. The walls came down. That's divine direction. May God direct your life. Oh, see, all these things you are going through is out of lack of direction. David, I was shocked several times when I was doing my Bible study. How David, an experienced guy, a strong guy, could still be seeking God for direction. I found out the first time in Psalm 23, the verse 2. Now, give that to me very quickly. You're going to read a lot. Psalm 23, the verse 2. Quickly, quickly. Now, sorry, 1 Samuel 23. 1 Samuel 23, the verse 2. 1 Samuel 23, the verse 2. He says, 
therefore David did what? inquired of the Lord saying shall I go and smite these Philistines there's somebody who has killed Philistines already and he said shall I go and smite these Philistines and the Lord said unto David go and smite the Philistines and save kill so that means that God was telling him that he should save a particular nation if he went without God's direction he would have killed who? the Kenites are you getting this thing at all? There is power in divine direction. Look at the verse 4. He says, David's men said unto him, no, the verse 4, the verse 4. He says, David did what? Inquired of the Lord yet again. Huh? And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kelai, for I will deliver the Philistines into thy hand. Now look at some the same uh, chapter, the verse 9. Look at the verse 9. So we're going to read the verse 9 to 14. He says, David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him and he said to Abiathar the priest, bring hither the effort. Then he says, then David said, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant has certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Kela to destroy the city for my sake. Next verse. Will the man of Kela deliver me into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant has heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell the servant, thy servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. He wanted to know whether, where he was going. Saul was going to attack him. And he inquired of God. And God says, he will attack you. Look at how God can direct a man's life. When you go, you can read First Samuel chapter 30, the verse 8. First Samuel 30, the verse 8. He says, And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue! God gave him go ahead. Look at Second Samuel chapter 2, the verse 1. Second Samuel chapter 2, the verse 1. And it came to pass after this, David inquired of the Lord. I'm, I'm sure these are one of the reasons why David was a man after God's, God's own heart. He inquired from God. The greatest, greatest example of God's direction was Jesus Christ. Look at how he fixed his prayer life. Before he chose his 12 disciples, he prayed all night. And you go to hear this. Now, it is not that when you pray for God's direction, then now you, you want to see some strange sign. There are times when you pray for God's direction, your thoughts are that direction. Your thoughts become so anointed. So any decision you take by then, God's hand is in that decision. I hope you're getting this thing. So I keep saying that a prayerless decision is a what? Bad decision. Even the towns Jesus preached in, he had to pray to know the towns he's supposed to go. Praise God. The early church in the book of Acts, chapter 13, the verse 2 to 4, the Bible says, And they fasted, prayed, ministering to the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, Separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work for which I have appointed them. So in prayer, they receive direction for their ministry. 
The believer cannot have consistent direction from God if he does not have a prayer life. I wrote this thing down. The world is so vast, so corrupt, so confused, so evil and messed up for you to walk alone in your own wisdom, knowledge and counsel. This world is so vast, so evil, so corrupt, so inhuman and so messed up for you to walk alone in this world without God's guidance. Now, as we conclude, I, I want to share with you three catalysts to divine direction. That means there are three elements that stirs up divine direction. If you frequently do these three things, constantly there will be a supply. There will be open heavens in God's guidance. Number one is building a consistent prayer life. For that one, you can't take it out. Now, you see, prayer is how a man is filled constantly with the Spirit. And when you are filled constantly with the Spirit, you'll be driven and led by the Spirit. Now, let me give you an example. Take a, a loose balloon that is just lying on the ground. Pick it up. Blow air or wind into, into that balloon. Do you see that when that balloon becomes puffed up, it becomes light and it can be directed by the wind? It's the same. When the believer is filled constantly with the Holy Ghost, his life will be directed by the Holy Ghost. So, the more you spend time in prayer, the more you feel yourself with more of God. If you understand this language, you understand. I'm not saying you don't have God. But you are filled with God. You are filled with His power consistently. So prayer is the first catalyst toward divine direction. Now, you need to understand that <laughs> when I talk of divine direction, it's not that, you see, you'll be eating, you'll be watching movies, you'll be chilling, you'll be doing entertainment, then you need God's voice, then you go and kneel down. Father, the pastor said we should come to you and ask for direction. Father, I, 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 need, I need to understand your will concerning this guy. Lord, is it authentic me, but Lord, Lord, please say something, Lord. What okay you may kneel down for 10 years because it doesn't operate that way listen direction from God operates in a certain frequency maybe this will shock you there are times you don't specifically need to pray that God direct my life consistency in prayer now bets a life of direction. Ah, you didn't get this thing, no. So, you didn't pray and say, Lord, is, uh, am I supposed to go here? No, 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 no. You, your life becomes a life of direction. You know why? Because you have, you have entered into that frequency. So, direction doesn't become a challenge again. Maybe let me give an example. Mm. 
Now, how many have used Google Map before? Where did you use Google Map on? Your what? Your? Was it a YAM phone? So not every phone. On what, what phone? An Android phone. A Android phone. Are you getting this thing? So, now first of all, you need an Android phone. Number one. You need internet, number two, and then you need the app store to download Google Map from there. Please, are you getting this thing? So now, when you download the Google Map, now, you have to carry the phone wherever you go to be able to access the map. Please, are you following this thing? Now, you see, that's what people have not understood. God is the phone. Google Map is the app. Until you have the phone, you can't function with the app. You got anything? So, what do you do with the phone? You don't. You didn't only receive the phone. You now walked with the phone. So, wherever you go, the phone goes along with you. Then you are able to access direction whilst you are walking with the phone. You see, many believers have not understood that it is one thing to have God is another to walk with God. When you are walking with your phone, you charge it, you preserve it, you keep it around you, you put it under your pillow, you wake up, you touch it, where you move, you take it along. When you are traveling, you move with it. So you, you have a walk, you have a life with that phone. And Google Map is only one of the apps on that phone. There are different things on the phone. There is calculator. There is calendar. There is uh, boats. On that same phone, the original function on the phone is not for, for Google Map. The original function of the phone is for communication. So we need to understand that divine direction is part of the subsets that are hidden in God. If God becomes your pursuit, divine direction will become part of the benefits you enjoy. Hey. Is someone getting this thing? So, the phone is more needed. So, you see, in your walk with God, there are, there are special play stores. There's a, there's a play store in God. That's why I said prayer is an adventure. There are many things inside God you can be able to access. So, when you pray, Part of the things you can access is divine direction. You can download and access it. But the real thing is having a relationship with God. So just like without the phone, you can access the app called Google Map. That same vein, without God, you can access divine direction. So the first thing you need to understand about divine direction is that it begins with an active relationship with God. That's the secret. That's like we keep emphasizing that you need to build a prayer life. If you have broken your altar of prayer, you have to go and put the, the stones back, the broken stone, put it, fix it back. It's so vital for your life. So that's number one. Number two is study and meditation on the word of God. The second catalyst of divine direction. The word of God or the Bible gives us the will of God. The Bible gives us the will of God. 
it gives us the general will of God. So what God will have you to do, if you can find it in the Bible. When you study and meditate on scripture, you have direction from scripture. And finally, instant obedience is the next catalyst of divine direction. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is disobedience. Convenient obedience is disobedience. You know, there are people, the, the obedience, they wait and see if it's okay. If it works for them, it's fine. If it doesn't work for them, Charlie, God, next time. Please, are you getting this thing? Listen, until, see, if God leads you and you don't follow, that leading is useless. The act of following God is what we, what we call obedience. God said to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your own son. Abraham obeyed instantly. In the process of obeying that, God showed him that actually the plan was not Isaac. The plan was a ram. So it was in obeying God instantly that he found himself entered directly into the will of God. So divine direction is founded on what? Obedience. If you're a Christian who constantly obeys God, your life will be fully directed by God. Obey simple scriptures. Many of you are looking, looking at big things. Big things. Lord, I want, uh, Lord, use me mightly. Obey. Just obey simple things. In the next two minutes, you want to pray. Just bow down your head. That God help me. Lift your voice and pray. You are asking God to help you. Based on the three catalysts of divine direction that we just saw, we realize that prayer is one of them. Study and meditation on the word of God is one. And then obedience is the final one. You want to pray and ask God to guide you. To help you build a prayer life. To, to help you build a steady life. And to help you obey him. Come and lift your voice and pray. And as you pray now, as you, you're still praying, you hear you're not born again. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord. I want to give you that opportunity whilst we are praying. Just keep praying. I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here, you're not born again. All the revelations you are hearing will not impart your life because you're spiritually dead. Jesus wants to give you an opportunity to receive his life. As the saints are praying with their heads bowed down, 
you also just bow your head down and you're going to be saying these words after me you're going to say dear Lord Jesus I believe that you died and rose again on the third day for my salvation I receive you today as my Lord come into my heart and make me whole again I receive salvation I confess you today as my Lord and my Savior I thank you that I'm a child of God and your brother in Jesus name Amen Father I pray for everyone here that you bless your people you cause your face to shine upon them and give them your peace guide them in this week give them direction and may their lives never be the same in Jesus name Amen